Greetings and salutations, sports and wrestling fans all across the wide and wonderful internet. Time for another glorious edition of the Man in the Arena podcast. And it is a big week here on Rocky Top as Tennessee, of course, has gone to 2-0. and We've got a big matchup coming up with the Georgia Bulldogs. So first, let me introduce you, of course, to Mr. Trey Pack joining us as always. Trey, say hello to the fine people. What's up, everybody? And you may know him from other podcasts in another time. He's currently the host of the Wild with a Y podcast. We're all independent now, but of course, because it's Georgia week and I like to punish myself Hmm. for doing this, we have brought in Mr. Chase Dyer, good personal friend. Them dogs is hell, ain't they, boys? Them dogs is hell. Play the dogs when you Can I get a them dogs is hell? I always regret doing this, but we do it anyway. <laughs> Chase, how are you doing, man? I'm fantastic. I'm cozy in my home studio. This is nice. Yes. I'm using a mic and headphones and not on a phone. I don't know. It's nice. Nice yeah. nice way to spend my night. It is, yes. For once, we're not all playing Among Us, which is good. So Yeah, I might after this. Yeah, nobody's out there looking sus, So as the, as the kids say. For now. But yeah, to be determined. Shibley got eight imposter rounds in a row yesterday, so I'm still <laughs> hard of trusting him. And I won a lot of them too. I was feeling pretty good. It's eight times in a row. Yeah, we you were gonna used- we were gonna vote you out first on one of the last games, just as a, like a Mayan sacrifice to the game's RNG. Just hoping it, that it would learn its my, lesson. Yeah, if it wasn't my last game of the night, I would have said like, "Go ahead." I totally get that, but. Since it was my last game, I was like, no, please let me play. Yeah, dude. It's like, is this what you want, gods? Is this your chosen killer? But back to what we've got going on. We're going to murder. Yes, yes. We'll, we'll, we'll talk into, of course, Georgia taking care of business against the Auburn Tigers, and it almost seems like the earliest of the ever, ever Deep South's oldest rivalry. There are Vanderbilt. No matter yeah. what, every year, even if we're dog or they're dog, it's usually a close game at first, and then if it's not, it's usually lopsided. Like, when we won the SEC title two years ago, they beat our ass in the season before that, but then we beat their ass in the SEC title game. And so it's like, whenever it's a lopsided victory, it's lopsided. There's not many. Like, like there's the famous tip pass one where that one was close and all that. Well, the that was the prayer of Jordan Hare, whatever that was. Yeah, when they went to go. Did they win that natty that year, or was that when they lost? That was when they lost because that was like the week later they beat Alabama on the yeah, kick. Yeah, I remember. And, and that's when they signed Gus's extension. And that was the worst thing they ever could have done is beat Bama and Georgia, right? Or was that yeah. a different year when they beat Georgia and Alabama and then signed? Uh, they beat Georgia and Bama back to back. Yeah, they did that because then, uh, then they lost to Jameis Winston uh, and his crab legs in the national championship game. Man, I really thought he was going to be good in the pros. Like, that was one that even up until last year, like his final season, I guess, starting, I still would have – Throwing a little money on him to turn it around. Is he with the Saints now? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. He's backing up uh, Breeze. Yeah, no, he'll he'll get another look. I think he's still young. Yeah, if he could throw less interceptions, that would be good. Yeah, he's got a cannon, and you know he's a pocket passer. So there's yeah. going to be a market for him. Yeah, I agree. Give him a year of sitting as a backup, and then people will forget. Yeah. How- he was kind of inconsistent. He'll get another job. So but I'll be the first to admit I'm a Georgia fan through and through, but I did not know what to expect going to that Auburn game because the first half of the Arkansas game was the first half of the Arkansas game. Like 
after seeing Arkansas win their game this past weekend, it makes me feel tiny bit better about it, but it's still like just because of the talent disparity and uh, disparagement and like the new coaching staff they have and everything else. I still did not like the way that first half of football went for us. So I did not know what to expect when uh, they came to old Sanford stadium. But then when we just kind of got out the gate swinging and Stetson Bennett wasn't uh, throwing wild balls, like he had a couple under throws, but he wasn't throwing anything too dumb. Uh, last year when we put him in, in garbage time, he'd get a couple picks cause he'd get out there and he just thought he had a, like he was the red Ranger and he'd just start trying to fucking throw things and he'd get picked off, but it's garbage time. It didn't matter, but that was my first impression of Stetson. So like I, I still can't say I'm 100% sold on the guy, but he's definitely not what I thought he was or what Kirby thought he was, for that matter, obviously. He was like fifth on the death chart a month ago. It's good. I mean, it's amazing because when you look, you had a a, a starting quarterback, and then he decides, nope, I'm going to opt out for the year. See, here's the thing. like, I would have told you I would have rather had Bo Nix before that game if I could have traded quarterbacks, but I'm not sure after the game. I don't know if I'm being caught in the moment or what, but it just seems like Bennett fits in our offense really well right now. I think, honestly, when you when you look at him, it's, it's almost the same thing with what Fromm was with you guys for so long. I mean, you had Eason, and then, of course, Fields transfers to Ohio State, but Fromm just gets in there, doesn't really do anything to make a big mistake for the most part, and you guys just keep winning consistently with Fromm it. Fromm was surrounded by a lot more talent. Um, right, yeah. Especially, like, especially in the backfield. Like, Michelle and Chubb are starters in the NFL for a reason. I know Michelle just got hurt, but, you know, he before that, he had, like, over 100 yards in the game before. But, uh, yeah, no, like, the difference between them is, like, Fromm's a little taller. I, arm strength's honestly about the same. Bennett's could be stronger. The the It's still to be determined. I've only seen him play twice, really, like, real games. Uh, he runs more. He extends plays more than Fromm ever did. And it's a cheap, easy way to go at it. Anyone that knows about Georgia and Fromm and that whole thing. I, I was always a team Justin Fields guy. I, I called it waiting in the fields for a quarterback. Uh, <laughs> and he left me in the fields, and I can't blame him. I don't hate him. I'm not like those angry rednecks on game day that were like, you were watching game day, Justin Fields. They're like, shut up, idiot. You're going to scare the good quarterbacks away. You know, <laughs> it's uh, – no, I like him more than I liked Fromm, and it's because, I don't know, like, Fromm just played a little too safe. This kid is taking risks, but not costly risks. He seems like he'll, like, Fromm will safe us into just, I don't know, what, what's the word here? Uh, uh, Just mediocrity. There we go. Like, he would just, we couldn't take the top off of defense with him unless their ground game was going and all these other things. Stetson will just keep and go if the play breaks up. Sometimes he didn't need to, but he still will get nine yards. He, you can't predict everything he's going to do yet, and some of that is because he's like a scrappy walk-on. He is kind of just calling it as it goes. And it's working in our favor right now. He's making the right gut instincts, I guess is what I'm trying to ramble out here. So I like it right now. Whether or not I think we're going to win the SEC with him or not is to be determined. I still want to see JT um, – Daniels get in there and show us, I guess, why he was a five star. Yeah. Well, you guys are going to come in third in the East, but that's, that's the. Oh, yeah. Trey tried to get me to bet before the season started. But I was like, I don't know because of the quarantine and COVID if the season. Will I, no, no, well, I didn't try to get you to bet. I have receipts showing that we bet. Okay. So we did bet. Cool. I'll take the uh-huh. bet because Trey said that Tennessee is going to finish first in the SEC. No, I said Tennessee would finish above Georgia in the East. Oh, that's not going to happen. We're going to beat you. I, and then I, I, may, I thought you guys could beat Florida this year because their defense is shit. 
but we'll see. Uh, I I will tell you this, man, just to to point out something that you said a second ago. Like, you can't, like, I understand, you you can't downplay y'all's half against Arkansas just because Arkansas won Mm. this week. Like, they played a Mike Leach team. That, is that just, just set the record of pass yards on the defending national champions the week before. Right, but it's in an offense that is not going to continue. If anything, that's saying that this is a hard game, a hard season to gauge off the of games right now more than it is a point either way. That's why I said I still I didn't like the first half against Arkansas. I can't dismiss it, but I don't know what the hell it was. Like so many top teams lost that week too. So yeah. there was something in the air, whether it was lack of prep time or what, but like a lot of teams suffered uh, lack of offseason, I think, rust. And, and Tennessee definitely showed that. We'll definitely we'll we'll open up the problems with Mike Leach's offense here in in a, in a second. But we talk about Tennessee getting to two and zero for the first time. Well, first hell, you we were you guys could have had Leach at one point. We were. I mean, he was on the docket until I think right before Fulmer took over. Um, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. someone was yeah. interviewing him, and then Fulmer yeah. took over yeah. as your uh, AD. I think. Yeah, because they fired <laughs> fired the other guy. Which yeah. Was, oh, that was those. Those were some fun times. I mean, I would have loved to have had him here anyway because it would have been interesting. But Tennessee tried to bring in Shiano or whatever his name is. Yeah, I mean that was the big thing. That was the holy crap, what the hell is going on type of thing that happened was because I mean, nobody wanted Shiano here except some of the higher ups. Cause again, I think they wanted someone they could really control and I, it just, it made no sense. It still doesn't make any sense. Right. Now, if you, if you see any expert talk about the Shiano potential hire is, is for a minute there, people were really split. I think a lot of analysts were just mad because the UT fan base stood up for their team, man, and, and said that they weren't going to take it, playing Twisted Sister, and they shut that down, and that's what <laughs> turned people off. But anyone that knows anything, where even the people, the naysayers were like, "Well, Shiano wasn't the best hire, but you can't you can't set this precedent that you an athletic department can just be controlled by its fans." It's like, what do you think you're playing for? It, it just made yeah, another Shiano hire. I'm still mad. It made <laughs> we, didn't hire, we didn't hire him, and I'm still upset. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it sucks. A, a bad coaching hire can also set your franchise back like three years, even if they're there for one. Yeah, uh-huh. even, even uh-huh. We've been doing even, that for 15 years now. Yeah. yeah, we've been doing that since 08. Um, so because I mean, again, yeah, I wasn't it, it to me, it also had nothing to do with the Sandusky thing. That seemed to be the catalyst. That it seemed that he kind of was around when Sandusky was diddling those kids. Oh, that's how they kept him out. But he was kept him out. I was way before that. Did yeah, he, he never got a head coaching job, correct? No, Shiano's now back at the head coach of Rutgers. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, why are we considering hiring? Like Tennessee, NFL ties, right? He used to be like an OC somewhere. No, he was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach for for a couple of seasons, and then he got back and he was the defensive coordinator at Ohio State. And for some prestige, some NFL pedigree was a sexy name. They thought, I guess. I mean, but it was 
I mean, I don't know, man. I, I'm still upset. I'm glad we didn't hire him. I think we have the right guy in Pruitt. I really do. No, I genuinely think you got a good one with him. I didn't know at first just because Pruitt's so like, fuck off, don't talk to me, like with his personality. <laughs> I didn't know if he was going to be able to rally the troops behind him or not, but he seems to have actually instilled a culture that people are buying into there because you guys have – when I've watched you in Florida play, I was like, all right, those are going to be games this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say this on a, on a, on a personal level. I've met his wife a couple of times. She's come down to where I work. I won't say that here, but um, she is a sweet lady. She is wonderful. Bless um, her heart, man. Yeah, bless her heart. I have not met Pruitt personally yet, um, but we've had a lot of the other coaches come down to where I work, but not him yet. But Tennessee, hey. So he wobbled in there? <laughs> no, he, he has not wobbled in there yet. Yeah, Pruitt does not seem like the type of guy to play the game at your particular work. I won't even say that. Yeah, Pruitt's such a no nonsense guy. Like I, I remember when what I was loved him as George's DC. He, we had a great defense. He was aggressive. It's just him and Mark Richt were polar opposites. Mark Richt was like the Phil Jackson without the championships of football. Just Zen master, smoking pot, reading his Bible, and <laughs> Pruitt just hitting tall boys and and body bags. <laughs> different people. I will um, say Martin's come down to where I've worked a whole bunch. He's awesome. He loves the place. We love him. He's awesome. Uh, what was the the barstool NCAA football thing that they did over quarantine? What was that coach's name? Oh, uh, I don't even remember. Uh, I, I know when, what you're talking when about. He, when he want to say Gus. Is it Coach Gus? No, I don't Gus know. Gus Bus Malzahn? No, uh, Doug, Coach Dugs. Is that his oh, name? Oh, yeah, Coach Dugs. Yeah. That was hilarious. Yeah, that, that was the yeah, guy when, from Pardon My Take. It was the dude with the mustache. Can't remember his name, but yeah, he, he, he coach, started doing the college football franchises, and he would switch teams every season with his coach, trying to like get like a head coaching job and win a natty. And he kept getting OC jobs for a while, and then he took a head coaching job. I can't remember where, but then he took the UT job, and he ran with them for a couple seasons. He, won and he ended up winning a natty with somebody after he left UT. I can't remember who it was. He won a natty with Tennessee. Did he? Okay. Yeah. I knew he ended up winning uh, it right, right around then, but I know he won another one after he left UT. And this is My, how good we were right early on during the quarantine was like Tennessee football, I think, was retweeting a lot of their stuff, which was – No, cool. that's what I was about to say, man. You can go back. I've, I've got a couple of friends that um, work for the athletic department, some in design and some do some other things. Um, but there was like a video of them having to explain to Pruitt who Coach Dugs was <laughs> because people were like mentioning this new coach coming to Tennessee and he thought he had got like coup d'etat. He's like, who's this motherfucker who's got all this prestige I've never heard of? He literally, but they had that. He was like, on a, in like the video, he's just like, he's what? <laughs> on a video game? It's the most hateful <laughs> thing I've ever seen. It's great. I was like, oh, it's we're right in Tennessee, man. With, with that, with all our championships. He's playing football inside. <laughs> well, uh, he was just like, it's a what? Oh, so he's not real. Okay. All right. That's he's dead. He's not real. <laughs> no. Uh, but it, it, it's great to have Tennessee in their, have their best record going into a Georgia game in a long time after they took care of Missouri. 35 to 12 this week. Uh, again, I thought Garantano looked fine. He didn't make any big mistakes. I thought he was a lot more accurate in this game. 
That's going to uh, be key against us. Yeah, we're only gonna we're gonna play stiff coverage, and we're gonna give him the tightest of windows. Yeah. he's gonna have but, to throw a perfect game to beat us. Yeah. He but, looked night and day from week one to week two. He looked so much better in week two. So did um, Georgia. That's what's like. I don't know what to think because yeah. it was like two different Georgia teams that showed up on two but, different weeks. Yeah, the big thing for me though was Tennessee was able to run the ball. For 232 yards behind that offensive line. We have, the, we have the best offensive line in the country. Bar none, it is the Tennessee Valley Authority. We have the best offensive line, at least in the SEC, if not the country. Too early to say that right now. We have four five-stars starting and a six-year senior from Alabama. Yeah, no, we have Welcome to Georgia's five. recruiting. Yeah, that's what's been Georgia for ever. Yeah. Like, okay, welcome to mine and Bama's and like Clemson's and the teams that obviously throw a lot of money at kids' is world. <laughs> welcome. What I love, what I really that's love, what about I think is going to be the difference in the game is I think you guys will stick right with us and this game's going to be everything they thought Auburn and Georgia was going to be. But I think once it gets late, unless there's a big lead, it's going to come down to depth. And I'm not even trying to be like, meh, but we have more. And, uh, like, so I don't know. I think it's going to come down to if your quarterback is accurate and if, like, depending on where the score is towards this, the middle half of that third quarter going into the fourth, because that's usually when we step on the gas. And that's how Kirby's always kind of ran his attack since that's, he's been there. Yeah, that's how Georgia's has won these last few years is they've just been able to – Tennessee's been able to hang for a little bit, but then they just kind of lean – on Tennessee and just just snuff them yeah. out. Our game plan is we always want to go into the late rounds of the fight. We kind of yeah. But one of the up. other improvements after Tennessee went, I think what got one third down conversion, and that was on a one handed catch against South Carolina. Tennessee six of thirteen, which isn't as stellar as you want it to be, but they went four for four, four on fourth down. Oh, I don't shibby. think South Carolina's a bad team either. South Carolina's one of those teams that's always almost as good as the other teams in its division, and the games are usually closer than they look, but they always just choke. Who, that's just, who yeah. did South Carolina beat? Didn't they win Saturday? No, they lost to Florida. But it was close, right? They hung around for a while. They beat the spread. I won money yeah, on the Florida bet. won by like almost twenty, but it was it was like one of those like fifty to thirty something games, which is why I'm not as scared of Florida as people are trying to tell me I should be. Yeah, it was yeah, thirty eight to twenty four. It was only fourteen points. Yeah. Yeah. So that, but that's yeah, definitely they uh, they cover they didn't cover the spread. So yeah. But yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, I lost my train of thought. Y'all go ahead. That's okay. Yeah, South Carolina got the last ten points of that game. So um, was it like garbage time points or uh, the last touchdown of the game was with ten twenty one left in the fourth quarter? So. Okay, so that's not garbage time, really. Yeah. So, but that's what we've got there. Let's open up the carcass of Week Five. I get that's what they're calling it. Um, I'm. It's amazing. It's like I don't even know what week it is half the damn time with what well, we've. Some people haven't even started yet, right? Like, no, the Big Ten, Pac-12 have not started. Some of the other smaller conferences haven't started yet. Don't doesn't Big Ten start next week? Oh hell, I think it, I got to see when they start. It's not this week. No, it's uh, geez, now you got to make me have to look stuff up. Um, it looks like the twenty fourth. Yeah, the twenty fourth is when they start. Okay, so that oh, that's a few weeks. Yeah, that's a few weeks from now. Three of them. 
Just yeah. about. Yeah. So, but we've got from the last week, we look at some of these upsets that happened and it shows again, there's a, a, you know, we always talk about the certainties in life are always death and taxes. Well, there's another certainty in life and it's death taxes and Texas is not back. Texas will never be back. You mean the real, UT? You're talking about the real UT, right? <laughs> they lost to TCU at home, gagging away a lead. As TCU, my goodness, man, if you had the over-under of that game and he was sitting right there and then TCU takes a safety as time runs out to put it over and you had the under, I would have been furious. It's like such a Texas game to lose, too, because TCU is one of those teams that people get mad at you if you lose to them because it's like, listen, man, we've been saying for years that, nah, then you're just letting them stay around even though we keep trying to be like, nah. It's like, do you want this to be like Baylor all over again? Huh? Is this what you want? (laughs) If I was going to compare Texas to anybody, I would compare them to Georgia because Georgia's still never back either. Georgia was in the national title game a few seasons ago and won its conference a couple seasons ago. It's nothing like Texas. You're reaching. Yeah. Yeah. I got to go with Chase on that. That's not even close. The only teams you can compare right now are UT and Miami on who is actually back and who's flirting with it again. If we're going to make that argument. And then Nebraska's still a bunch of posers, too, thinking they're back. Yeah, and Florida State's just dead. They're never coming back, it seems. What the blue hell happened with there? Good God. Like, Jimbo Fisher, just like, I don't get it, because it's like A&M's not blowing the doors off either. So it's like, did he just know, like, that it was going to get worse and just left beforehand, or was he that important? I don't understand. I don't know, because they lost, yeah, because A&M just lost 52-24 to to Alabama last week. Yeah, no, everyone picks them to, like, pull up upsets. They played us last year for the first time since they were in the SEC, and even I was kind of worried about it. But then it was just kind of like another game. Like, they played, like, a team from the East. Even though I will say the East, and not a lot of people are saying it, the East is better than the West this year. I don't think it's a reach to say. And I think it's UT and Florida are actually playing like they should, and LSU's not, and Auburn isn't. Yeah, I mean, those those games that Tennessee plays after the bye week with Auburn and Texas A&M back-to-back are going to be real telling, especially who's Well, it's top like Mississippi State losing to Arkansas but beating LSU. It's like that's very much so an East thing that used to happen. Yeah. Like, like so to me, it's like Bama and the boys over there right now. And so for the first time in a long time, the East is actually kind of like, who have you played? Asking the people from the West. It's kind of nice from a spiteful point of view. Yeah, you look at that Arkansas game, and hats off to Sam Pittman in Arkansas. I getting he's going to do a good job. Mm-hmm. Even if like they just win that one game, it's that's still 200% better than their last two seasons in the SEC. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I he was going to like get them a win. That dude like, like the last one. It, if you see any video of him talking at all, like he's just so easy to root for. It's like Ed Orgeron without the voice, but like he's just so fun lovey, like the grandpa yeah. you wish you had. Well, the real MVP, honestly, in that in that game to me was Barry Odom, the former uh, Missouri head coach, because he's the defensive coordinator now for Arkansas. Yeah, and what he did was he did the exact opposite that Bo Pelini did at LSU. Bo Pelini refused to get out of man-to-man cover, man-to-man press coverage and KJ Costello picked him apart. So what Barry Odom did was he backed off and said, we're not going to let you beat us deep. And he was just banking on KJ Costello to make mistakes. And he threw three picks in that game. Hmm. And that's why Arkansas won. Yeah, no, I was just mad because Felipe Franks looked all right for the first half against us, and that's not allowed. No, I don't want Felipe Franks looking good against us. 
Dude, Felipe Franks has the worst name in college football, though. He's a Mexican hot dog. I hate it. So <laughs> I've never heard that. I've never heard anyone hate his name. It's almost, it's, I don't know, it sounds good. Spicy, sizzle to it. It's a good athlete name. Yeah, he was just one of the – man, we have a curse every year that we play Florida. We end up playing against a backup quarterback that we're not prepared for. <laughs> Franks was one of those. And then it was Kyle Trask. It was yeah. Tim Tebow years ago. People like, are trying to talk about Kyle Trask is going to win a Heisman, but I don't think he's played a defense yet that's made him move, and that's when he's going to get – I mean, I after for two weeks, I'd give him the Heisman, but yeah, that's – I think he's the front runner right now. Yeah, just wait. Yeah. What, what makes me sad about the Heisman race this year is it is 110% going to Trevor Lawrence, and it does not matter. If they go undefeated – Hold on, though. Justin Fields is playing a Big Ten-only schedule. Yep, and then also, I mean, if Kyle Trask goes undefeated with Florida and keeps putting up these numbers, especially because he keeps throwing to Kyle Pitts, who's going to be like a top 15 pick in the NFL draft at tight end, you would think. Right. No, no, no. I, I 100% agree with you. I don't think Trevor Lawrence would necessarily do Lawrence. I, I, I just think he he is such the poster child for, I mean, definitely the ACC, but a lot of NCAA football. And I gave him all the praise in the world for, you know, coming out on social media with the, you know, let us play hashtags and things like that. I was all for him. I think he's a great kid. But I think that if, if you're absolutely right, if Florida goes undefeated, Trask is winning a Heisman Trophy. I don't think Florida's getting out of the East, yet alone the SEC undefeated. One of our teams will get them. I hope so. I've already, I've already picked us to beat both of y'all. Of course you did. You do every year. Yeah, yeah, you know. Home. And that's yeah. how I am as a Duke fan. Uh, I pick us to win every game. With Georgia this season, I've kind of been like, we're going to probably win every game. Alabama is Alabama. I don't know. But it's like I'm, I'm not going into Bama expecting a W. I'm not going this weekend expecting a W, but it's not the same level of stress if I was going to play Bama. It's not shade as much as it's just that it's Bama. Do y'all do y'all play Alabama in the regular season? Uh, yeah, uh, no. we um, we're playing a- them. I think next week actually. Yeah, our Alabama next week, and then yeah. I think we have someone else, and then Florida. It might be Missouri. No, you have a Tennessee October. Yeah, we don't have a fun schedule. That's why I said we got really lucky. Arkansas was our first because afterwards, like Auburn was supposed to be a tough game. You know, so like I hope we handle the rest of these like that. I hope Auburn was good and we were just really good. Like that'd be best case scenario. Arkansas looked better the week after they played us. Maybe Auburn comes out and blows the doors off. Maybe Bob Nix makes a push for Heisman. I don't know, but I have no idea what to think of college football because again, like Oklahoma lost, Texas lost, um, LSU lost the week before to a team that set records that lost to Arkansas, a team that hadn't won an SEC game in two seasons. It's really, yeah. Good luck betting, really. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good luck betting, and that's what we do on the show. Yeah, uh, we're going to make those picks here at the end. We're going to talk some other sports here in just a second, but then we'll make the uh, make the big picks. But, yeah, one of the other things, you talk about the Big 12 and Oklahoma losing. That means the Big 12, the only undefeated team left in the Big 12 is Oklahoma State. Really? And that's that's the, that was the sexy pick preseason, wasn't it? It was kind of that, but, again, with me – I've never trusted Mike Gundy to sustain anything. They always find a game to just man. The only thing he's sustaining is the mullet. But other than that, they're no. The what do you think? Some MAGA stuff in the offseason that he had to take back? It was something like that. Uh, he had he worn a in shirt. Yeah. yeah. Of a far right news outlet. Something. Yeah. I, I knew it was something random. Yeah. 
Apparently, he's a, supposed to be like some offensive savant, though. Like our offensive coordinator came from him before he went to the NFL, and apparently, that dude's like OC train is like really studded. But he's well, just stayed there, so I don't get it. If he's supposed to be this guru, I don't know why he's not in the NFL. Tennessee well, he's he's hire him twice. Yeah. He's got a pay raise every time. Huh. Yeah, he he's definitely Gundy's definitely used us as a well. I could go to a real school. So you're just y'all a leverage like, school. You're like his potential side chick. Exactly. No, we're just friends for now. For now. <laughs> for Everyone talks about him like he's supposed to be one of these offensive geniuses, like a Mike Leach, but like with hair on his chest. But uh, <laughs> and hair uh, down his back too. But I, oh hell yeah! But I love Mike Leach just because he wants to be a pirate. I, I love it. I mean, he, we need more of that energy oh, yeah. in the SEC. I love it all the time. It makes me so happy. And I love that Lane Kiffin's back, even if they're not winning everything right now. Lane Kiffin's smart ass, like chaos, is perfect to throw in the West just to fuck with Alabama. Uh. I don't know if you listened to Vol Calls tonight, Shibley, but apparently Pruitt was texting Lane Kiffin during Vol Calls. So <laughs> the rumors are flying on Vol Twitter. Oh, dear. But Vol- he's going to come be like, what, your OC? Because you all yeah. just signed Chain. Yeah, I don't know what, the, I don't know. I have no clue. But the I just rumors know. could be flying. Apparently, Pruitt and Kevin are real good buddies. He also decided like a well, four-year I mean, coach together at Bama, and they probably both were like, "Shut up, Nick." You know, they probably just had lunches. Were like, you know what I'd say to him if I had the chance? Fuck you, Nick. Me too, bro. You know, it's probably very much so. I don't, I don't doubt that. But you speak of just again, Lane Kiffin. My goodness, it was good. It's good to have him back in the SEC full time like this. Just it just makes things entertaining. I cannot wait for that Egg Bowl. I mean, the right. Egg Bowl ended in the dumbest way possible last year with that <laughs> that old Miss player with the P celebration gets flagged, and then Mississippi State ends up winning the game because of it, which is the dumbest uh, thing you've ever seen. You don't want to end a rivalry over taunting. <laughs> so you always grade taunting on a scale in rivalry. Yeah. It's always the – I mean, it's got to be one of the weirdest endings to a football game ever, that taunting. You know what I mean? Oh, it has. It's like, what'd you do? It's like, I had too much fun and we lost. What? Aren't you playing a game? Yeah, dude, I know. There's like a line with fun now. Well, one of the dumber ones, it didn't immediately cost Kentucky that game against Ole Miss because they ended up missing the extra point in overtime. Oh, poor touchdown, Terry. But but what what really cost them a lot was, I forgot the guy's name, but the running back for Kentucky, running down the field, throwing up the two finger sign like Tyreek Hill, and then he gets caught. deuces up. Yeah, he's throwing the deuces up, and then gets caught from behind. And then two plays later, he fumbles the ball at the goal line. Man, we talked about this either last week or two weeks ago. Stop celebrating before you get in the end zone. It is not that hard, bro. And you are not as fast as Tyreek Hill, so you're not going to have the separation that Tyreek Hill has to do that. Right. Deshaun Jackson did it like four times in his career. But bro, like there are so many examples of why that's a terrible idea. And how cool did you think you were gonna look stealing somebody else's thing? You know what I mean? Like, be a leader, not a follower. Yeah. Again, yeah. As we said a couple weeks ago, it's like after Deshaun Jackson did that on Monday Night Football, like ten years ago, it seems like at this point, and in front of millions of people, how does that ha- never happen? How does that not? 
how does that happen again? How does everybody else be like, oh, I better wait till I'm all the way in the end zone before I do this? And it consistently happens every year. Yeah, I it like should have good, like good spin and spike. I'm a sucker for a good spike that spins. That's all. I'm old fashioned. No, hey, I'm all for that. I like a, I like a Gronk spike if you're going to do any spike. Give me a but little campfire I, spin. I'll make me feel at home. Yeah, I like, I mean, campfire spin's fine. I think you can't beat the Barry Sanders, bro. Just hand it to the referee, go back to the sideline. No, just the gentleman's hand. Act like you've been there before. Maybe, maybe it's because my mom's a Packers fan, but I always loved the Lambo leap. Oh, I mean, if we're talking, if we're talking Lambo, then I think yeah. the coolest oh. image one was To and the Star. You know, it was a dickhead move. Oh, that was great. Like, that was from a perspective. That was the coolest touchdown flex. Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, he was I with don't the know. Time. I don't know about <laughs> that, man. I think Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, going to the sidelines and putting on the Hall of Fame jackets a flex, bro. I forgot about that. Him kicking the field goals after he scored a touchdown was pretty badass. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he was, like, trying to come back here, like, two or three years ago as a kicker. Yeah, because he would kick a couple of his after, like, if some of the games were, like, you know, about done. And he'd be like, come on, let me kick it. Let me kick it. Ooh, you got a leg. Yeah. It's good stuff. But speaking of the NFL, uh, we had their week four, which was interesting. I mean, some of the great games. Tim Tebow showing – or not Tim Tebow. Wow. Where did that come from? Tom <laughs> yeah. Came from I, hell where Tim Tebow will be one day. Jeez. Jesus. I said uh, Tim Tebow earlier. That's where he got it. Okay. Yeah, probably. But Tom Brady showing he's still Tom freaking Brady with five touchdown passes. Technically, he threw six because he threw a pick six in that game. Four straight times <laughs> with a touchdown uh, as he outduels Justin Herbert, who I like, by the way. I think Justin Herbert's got a future in this league. But Tom Brady and the Buccaneers looking pretty good against the Chargers. He got so lucky that surgeon just stabbed the hell out of Tyrod Taylor. Oh, my God. I don't know how Tyrod Taylor's not just suing the league for millions of dollars after that. Like, people were, like, they were, like, uh, they, were, they were mad at the coach for saying Tyrod still had the starting job when he's healthy. And I was like, what do you expect him to say? Is he got stabbed. It's, it's, he has to give him one more chance. Jeez. Speaking of weird things that happened, too, so I guess Haskins is out at quarterback uh, for the Washington football team. He's, I think, now third string. So I he's, think. Not, he's out, he's double out. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. I, gee, that's just – it's like he hasn't even started that many games. I mean, Peyton went 3-13. and 13. Don't they have a new coach? Yeah, they've got Ron Rivera there. So maybe so. him and Ron are not seeing eye-to-eye, I'm guessing, if they bumped him down two spots. That could be a possibility. Who's starting now? Oh, man. It's uh, Jared Allen, I think. Oh, why does that sound familiar? Where I think was Jared Allen at before? He was under Ron Rivera, I think, with the uh, – I think he was with Ron Rivera with the Panthers. May – where did – isn't Jared – no, I'm thinking Kyle of – Allen. Uh, Sorry, it's Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen. Who is Jared Allen? I don't know. Wasn't the quarterback from uh, North Dakota State? That's Carson. The one everyone's talking about is going to go like number three in this draft or something. Oh, that guy. Yeah, they had the one game exhibition essentially yeah. that they played. Yeah, and he lit it up, I guess. Yeah, because um, you're playing Central Arkansas Sugar Bears or whatever they Who call. Who isn't it. even on the Titans roster? Are they just the replacements now? I don't know. Yeah, the Titans didn't play the Steelers because of the COVID outbreak that happened, and it looks like two more players today tested positive. So, 
it, dude, it, they're gonna they're uh they're talking about like them forfeiting games because they broke uh, NFL policy and had a practice, even though so many people tested positive. They held a practice at a high school field. That's amazing. That's um, and they're talking about them having to forfeit that uh, the the Steelers game because of it because they're prolonging it. Yeah, well, the Steelers fans were mad too because it was going to take away their week eight by week and move it to I guess week four. I think it was. Yeah, because this and is so the Steelers fans are definitely saying just give us the win because they don't want to give up their middle week by. That which makes cool. sense. Which one hundred percent makes sense. Hats off to Joe Burrow getting his first NFL win with the Bengals. Uh, I just shot. hate that he's at that franchise. They run that franchise like a frugal grandparent. Yeah, run it even worse than the Redskins. My goodness, Penny the Pension. Who? The who? Oh, I'm sorry. the Washington Football Team. I'm sorry. It's going to still take a minute for me to get used to that. Not, I'm just. It, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to get canceled on this podcast. Uh, That's okay. We'll we'll just get demonetized is all that's going to happen. Here in Washington, we love football. Yes. (laughs) Uh, The Chiefs had to to push the Chiefs-Patriots game back because Cam Newton tested positive. Now, he's asymptomatic, according to reports, but they still had to push that game back. He's so genetically put together. His his blood cells will destroy COVID. It is even a treatment. That's true. We've seen what he can do. Just both in college and in football. I still think, as much as Joe Burrow had just an amazing season, I still think Cam Newton had a better one with Auburn, personally. Cam Newton had the greatest single season, besides maybe Manziel, that I've ever seen. Uh, dude, Burrow, I, I disagree with I think Burrow last year had the best college football season. And Burrow, yeah, and I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know as much, but a lot of that, that coordinator and him just clicked together. But, like, with Manziel and – Especially with Cam. Cam was like obviously the reason. There was no doubt. Like Chiswick got fired two years later. Like there was yeah, no doubt. He hasn't gotten another head coaching job. He's still doing TV. Yeah. Like uh, I want to say Cam, but uh, I also remember Manziel's like year was also absurd. Yeah. It is true. And football still, man, moves the needle. Because, I mean, we've got baseball playoffs happening, and usually I'm just jacked. For baseball, I love October baseball, but I mean, you look at everything going on right now. I mean, yeah, the Braves are up two nothing, two games to none on the Marlins, and the Athletics saved off informa- uh, elimination against the Astros. Uh, but it's just like I just don't feel right with baseball right now. Yeah, I, I, I think have. I think they. I've always thought that they played too many games. Like, yeah, this is way too many. It's like not even close to the right amount. Mm-mm. 100 um, plus, right? Yeah, it's 162. Ridiculous. Yeah. They do two in one day sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah, so they, they don't really play two in one day, or, you know, they do all kinds of stuff like that. But I think my biggest issue with it is they're playing them all day long, every day. Like, there for a while, they were there was like seven games on a day, seven days a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was, there was too much baseball thrown at us at one time, but they had to. And baseball is one of those sports you can do that, but. Um, I think playing a game, the NBA does it right. Two games a week, you know, you keep. I it think moving. they have too many games too. That's my favorite one to watch. But I think for players' health, and you'd get more competitive games. The games would mean more if you had less. Yeah, you wouldn't have people out for load management. Yeah, like I think if you just knocked like fifteen, maybe eighteen games off the season, it would help a whole lot. Yeah, I agree. 
but you talk about the NBA chase. I know I told you we were going to do this, man. It, the NBA finals have been going on. The Lakers taking probably God, I love the heat. I, I've been one yeah. of those. I told you so Jimmy Butler fans since Chicago, yeah. and it feels good to finally get a little vindication. So I can only imagine how good Jimmy feels despite being down three, one. Yeah, they're down three, one. And I, I just think it, it's probably going to happen probably on Friday night. We'll have to kind yeah. of see where that goes. Depends on how Bam feels too, man. That yeah. really sucked that Drogic and Bam all got hurt. Yeah, I've always Drogic was going to be a key mismatch in the Heat's favor against the Lakers before he yeah. went down. Like Goran Drogic was a key X factor player because he could have drawn attention. He could have gotten Hero and Robinson more open looks. They wouldn't have had to create off the dribble as much or just run through fifty screens. Uh, and Drogic can score twenty to thirty on his own any night. And uh, it's just the fact that, yeah, the guard position somewhat thin for them. And he really could have been just a pain in their ass. And when he got hurt, it almost hurt them more than Bam. And Bam's a better player long term. But just matchup wise, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> one of the guys, I mean, one of the guys I respect most in sports media is Michael Wilbon there with PTI. I mean, I've loved him and Tony Kornheiser forever. And even Michael Wilbon, of course, who's a big Jordan guy, for obviously. But he even said Jimmy Butler's performance in game three with the triple-double, 40 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists, was one of the greatest performances ever in a game in finals history. Oh, it's 100% is. No, Jimmy Butler is a dog, and I mean that in the best. He's a, he's a gamer. He's a hooper. He is like he's a floor general. He is a guy that commands respect. He's earned it. Yep. Uh, he's got an extremely high basketball IQ. He's very careful. He's very he plays angry, but almost like a psychopath, not like a monster. Yeah, like it's very calculated, but it's also very methodical. It, it's sinister almost. But like uh, Jimmy Butler will also go to fight, go to war for his teammates. Like when they were playing against the uh, Thunder, and Chris Paul tried to bully Duncan Robinson. And then on that next play, Jimmy Butler brought the ball up, ran as fast as he could, put his shoulder down, and just ran straight into Chris Paul, got the offensive foul, knew it was coming, and just stared at Chris Paul and just like, don't fuck with my teammate. <laughs> like, he's, he's a psycho in a good way. He's the psycho you want on your team. So like Jordan-esque in that mannerism, the play style is not the same. He's just a really good two guard. Defensively, though, he's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and when he's hitting his shots, he's one of the hardest players to play against because he has an amazing gas tank. Yeah, you're not gonna outwork Jimmy Butler. Yeah, that's the th he's a dog, dude. Like you gotta want it more than him, and there's not many that do. Yeah, he and was homeless before he went to college. Like he's a yeah. guy who's actually fought for everything, and that's why he has that mentality where he doesn't want to wait around for it, and why he left so many places. He was like, right, put up with these divas. Uh, uh. Yeah, he didn't go to Kentucky like Anthony Davis or Tyler Hero or Bam Adebayo. Did no, he went to Marquette, which has always been a great basketball school. Dwayne Wade went there, but Dwayne Wade had the same workman like play style there with the Heat. Yeah, Marquette doesn't have a lot of one and duns. They have a few, like they have a couple two and duns. Yeah, but for the most part, they usually have people stay there for three to four years. Yep, it's a culture uh, school. They turn out very similar players. Yeah, and I mean, I admire that. And one of the guys that I really admire personally is Eric Spolstra. I mean, he got nobody really saw how much he was able to coach back when LeBron and Bosh and well, Wade famously when um uh crap what their GMs uh why yeah, right. 
like when Pat Riley took over as their coach during that season, it kind of sunned him there. Like a lot of people just from that point kind of put him in the back pocket. But he is a really, really good defensive coach. Yeah. His and you only play- issue is he's a little too stubborn on changing his lineups. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, he is like a culture guy through and through. He's bought into what Riley wanted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, no, he's one of those few people that actually knows how to like coach a program and not just coach a team. Yeah. I would love to have him as my coach. On He'll a be a very successful GM one day. I think I agree with that. And <laughs> so, but again, it looks like again, LeBron, if they do get this win, I mean, I still, you're, it's going to happy t- for Anthony Davis and Alex Caruso. Yeah. But I hate it. I mean, it drives me nuts because again, you're still not going to convince me that, that uh, I've given up on that argument with that generation. It's just, it is what it is. Everyone's got their guy. Yeah. Jordan's going to be my guy. I, mean, I, I think it's undoubtable, but yeah. at the same time, it's biased in time and whatever. Yeah. LeBron, he's in his 10th finals, which is just amazing. LeBron's like one of the greatest athletes to ever exist physically. Oh, absolutely. We can't deny that. Like, if it was American Gladiators or Ninja Warrior, LeBron would have Jordan's lunch. But it's just, when you put a team up and a culture that they're in and you add all that stuff into it and a matchup and stakes and everything else, I just would rather have Jordan. 100%. Yeah, Jordan is the go, and will there you will never have another Michael Jordan. Because people think about just one game. It's like no, if I had to pick a guy to put in that gym around all these people for an entire season, off season, and instill his leadership, and then also have that go into that game, like if they had a season's worth of prep, yeah, no, I'm taking Jordan. Yeah, if if LeBron walking off the court two games ago is why I take Jordan. Yeah, exactly. If yeah, if if civilization was on the line in a basketball game. I'm going to put Michael Jordan in there every time. LeBron's hard to like because he does very likable things. Yes. But he wants me to like him too much. And then when shit gets real, he's way too quick to show the real him, like when that game happened. And so it's very easy to hold it to him because he's very much so like, Taco Tuesday. And then it's like, uh, I can't stand that he threw my lines back at me. And it's like, all right. Uh. I will say Jordan watching Jordan reacting on the iPad during the last dance documentary was just a thing of beauty. It was amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then that documentary tried to make you cry when they just started an episode with Kobe real fast. Oh God. Yeah. Jeez. You're like, Oh, 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 thanks for warning me. Okay, fine. (laughs) But you talked about Jimmy Butler. We'll just move here to professional wrestling real quick. And then we're going to go back and make some college football picks. But (laughs) Uh, someone celebrating, you talk about a guy who's respected and longevity, it's Chris Jericho. I'm wearing my Chris Jericho t-shirt as we're recording this with AEW. Oh, yeah, they're, they're doing the 30 years celebration, right? 30 years of Chris Jericho. I've and I've been wrestling seen, for almost my entire life, just one I, year off. Yeah, no, I'm 37, so he's been doing it for a while with me. But you see him. He was I in mean, Japan when you were born, Trey, you baby. Yeah. <laughs> It, it was it's amazing because I've seen him wrestle a few times when he's come through here, but of course I also saw him with Fozzie. I went and took uh, Mrs. Shibbles to see Theory of a Dead Man. And did you Fozzie- go to Sturgis, Shibley? <laughs> no, no, I did not go to Sturgis. Did you go this to that was- biker rally? <laughs> no, I did not. I am not a super spreader of COVID. Thank you. That'd be much. hilarious. He's Sturgis, just all leather, daddied up at Sturgis. Did Fozzie play at Sturgis? Yes, yeah, dude. At the most recent oh, one, yeah. like a COVID outbreak there, and he got in so a lot cool. of trouble. 
Jericho is so goddamn cool. Yep. Jericho, man, he's been setting trends and doing things for. I still remember when he debuted in the WWE, uh, interrupting The Rock when the countdown clock expired because I loved him in WCW, and I was not I'm, you know, one of these smarter fans that knew what was going on. So when he debuted, I freaked the hell out. 1999, so I was 16, I think. Yeah, dude, I I didn't mark out, but I was just kind of like okay, and just watched it. Yeah. But, uh, no, in hindsight, it was like really good placement for him because my twelve-year-old oh, yeah. mind was just kind of like, okay, him and the Rock are gonna fight. I didn't even question it. Just seemed <laughs> legitimate. Him going back to these last couple of years that he's gone back to New Japan, which going back there kind of opened the door to him go- going with AEW. Dude, I mean, he looked, he looked like a like a alcoholic like emo singer. <laughs> I was just coming back from his final tour. Oh yeah, with the beer him. gut and the uh, mascara on. Oh, yeah, when he's the pain maker, when he was against Okada and Tanahashi this last run. Oh, yeah. yeah. He looks like somebody that'd be a problem in Gatlinburg. (laughs) (laughs) Just needs an airbrushed T-shirt, and he's right there. Yeah, he looks like he ate a cat lady, you know? (laughs) He took on some of her essence. But Jericho, man, I respect him completely with staying relevant and just being there and knowing he's just a smart guy when it comes to what seems to be best for business. Like he knew to even put over the What was that, Trey? Or uh, Chase? He's right more than he's wrong, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, maybe jobbing to Fandango uh, at WrestleMania a, a while ago was maybe a wrong move. but Yeah, they sold him on that one, though. That was a debut, right? Yes, it was. So that was more like a trust fall than a call. That's true. You are was the man. Like his segment with uh, KO, like their whole friendship thing. I was mad it got like mid match at Mania because it was like my favorite storyline of that whole year. Yeah, uh, Jericho just always has a way of doing that. Like just getting, he's like one of the kings of inside jokes in wrestling. He'll reward the fans for watching every week, so you're excited to see him. It's true. I yeah, he's made to see TV at this point. Well, he never leaves without planning another seed for his next appearance. For the most part, Jericho's very smart about that. Yeah, and he's again still one of the top people. I in... say that, but I still hated that mimosa match. <laughs> yeah, you I... wrestle a match, you child. Like it did not help him. It did not help Orange Cassidy that feud. I'm, I know I sound like an old man. I like Orange Cassidy, but I think Darby Allen would have been better and more ready for that spot right now. And I think they're trying to cash in on a meme, and I get it, and I love Orange Cassidy, but I don't think he's anywhere near ready for that. And I don't think a lot of people bought it outside of the, like, oh, okay, this was fun. But, like, the mimosa blow-off, it was just, when Jericho first said it in that promo, I thought Orange Cassidy was going to say that's stupid and that it was going to be funny. And then when he didn't, I was like, they're really going to do that? Why? <laughs> just do a cage match. I thought we were trying to make this kid look tough. What are we doing? It, it was, like, too tee-hee-hee for me. It probably didn't help either. Like right after he won that, he lost to uh, Mr. Brody Lee in that TNT title match too. Well, he had nothing else to do. It was yeah. like that was the whole thing. It's like if they would have done that right, they wouldn't have even had him with Brody Lee at that point. Yeah, is what I'm saying. Like I think Darby Allen would have been better for that spot, and you would have done like a more of like a cage or a hardcore match with him or whatever. Like I don't know. The Ricky Stark feud was good, but Darby is. To me, like right there, almost with MJF, is like a guy that's kind of obvious as someone that people gravitate towards, is very unique 
Like he's different from MJF in that he is extremely unique. He reminds me of Rey Mysterio and, and Jeff Hardy, like both of them. Oh, that's a great a weird combination. <laughs> but he reminds me of Jeff Hardy with like just the, his weird artsy stuff, where like everything on paper, like for me as a pessimist, I just want to call him a douche and like only be friendly to him if I need a cigarette. But like <laughs> he's just got that energy about him, and uh, but he's very Rey Mysterio in that he wrestles where like you believe he's just scratching and clawing scrapping his way and it's like his own move set no one else works like he does yeah and he's not one of those small guys that just falls back on doing a bunch of like do a backflip off the turnbuckles and do a weird cutter thing over and over again like i don't i, I think he is money and then some and I, I love orange cassidy and i think there's a future with him but i think that like if we we're gonna take the four youngins and by that i mean mjf Orange Cassidy, Sammy Guevara, and uh, Darby. I, I would put MJF, Darby, Guevara, and Cassidy in that order and who should be getting those programs. That's true, and I, I like that I think they're trying to weave this in. It's a tough spot, of course, with the pandemic going on still. For sure, dude, totally. Where you need to try and est- – because you've got to keep establishing new stars because you don't want to go down the WCW route where mm-hmm. you don't – do that because right now at least as we're recording this all the male uh titles in aew are all held by former wwe guys yeah so my whole thing with cassidy is what the match he had with pack is how you get him over to the next level yeah i love jericho but we're celebrating 30 years and he does not have that in him anymore you got to get jericho there with you he's good at tuning up your stuff and giving you more spots, like fine-tuning it and adding more nuance to them. But, like, Jericho needs a guy more like a Kenny or like, even a Guevara or an MJF who can, like, really get them to where they need to go. Yeah. I do think a feud with Jericho and Guevara, when that ends up breaking up at some point, I think could be money, too. Oh, I would love for Guevara to get paired with Kingston at some point. And, like, Kingston... Or, like. Part of me wants Kingston to steal his tag team back that he was the manager of in uh, Impact and uh, uh, was it Proud and Powerful? Yeah, yeah, it, and, it, yeah. Part of me really wants him to take them back, and but he's got two other tag teams. I'm not sure. I don't hate it. I love Eddie Kingston and I love Pentagon and Phoenix, and I don't hate the Butcher of the Blade, but it's just a little crowded and weird already. Yeah, and I mean. We'll, we we will see where it goes. Hopefully they'll use uh, he used to be known as Rusev, but now Miro. Hopefully they'll use him. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't try to kill anyone again. Also, yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, I want to say one more thing about AEW, and I love this. Like, I'm Moxley's my favorite wrestler. Been a big Moxley fan since he was Moxley the first time before he was yeah. Ambrose. I was a Moxley hipster, and uh, like I love how they're pushing him like hardcore Hogan. I really, I don't mean that as a joke, like, but he's like, he's just been slaying giants with barbed wire. He's like a hardcore Hogan. He's almost like a, he's almost like a smaller bruiser Brody. Well, it's like literally the only, <laughs> the only wrestlers under six, eight that he hasn't wrestled yet are like the ones they just signed. But like, he's already wrestled Brian Cage, who's like a freak. He's already wrestled Brody Lee. Lance Archer and him are going to finally link it up. They've already fought in Japan. 
I think he didn't fight Wardlow, which surprised me. They had him fight the lawyer instead. But lawyer, I guess, is you consider him monster sized. Yeah. He just fought Butcher for just because he's big. And it's just me again. I already thought he was hardcore Hogan. And then when they had him with Butcher, I was like, yeah, another monster. Slay him, King. Slay. They still have Luchasaurus at some point, too. Yeah, he's a face, but you never know. Like, if he goes healed, that's going to be his first baby face opponent. It's another giant town. It's good. I love AEW. I love watching Dynamite. I'm going to. Right after we're done, oh, it's with my the- favorite thing to watch. That's why, like, some of the parts I almost sound like a snob because it's like I, I worry for it, but I do love it. I love it more. I like more of it than I dislike of it, definitely. Which is good. Well, let's get back in. Let's pick some games and then let's get out of here. Uh, let's go back to college football. We'll start with one of the other top twenty-five SEC matchups happening. It's kicking off at noon. ESPN. You've got Florida. Traveling to College Station for only the second time to face Texas A&M. Ooh. We've got Florida as a six-and-a-half-point favorite going into that game, and the over-under is at 57. I would take Florida in the game to cover. Yeah, I, yeah, that's a very A&M, good... This is a game A&M loses. It happens every year, so until yep. they win a game like this, it's kind of easy to bet against them. And since it's only six points, that's really easy. I think Florida, they're all offense right now anyway, so I think they'll cover. Trey? No, yeah, no, sorry. I thought I'd uh, – yeah, no, I 100% agree. Um, I'd definitely take Florida there. Yeah, I'm taking – Florida. Yeah, I think yeah. Florida wins by at least 12. Yeah, I like Chase's rationale there. It's like Texas A&M is going to have to prove – to me at this point that they can actually pull off a game like this yeah i worried about them last year for the first time and i was kind of like okay you know so another top 25 matchup you've got virginia tech who hopefully will get some of their players finally back virginia tech has looked good even with it seems like a third of their team missing because of covid issues uh but they are traveling to chapel hill to take on north carolina who has also looked good in their two wins does mac jones still coaching yeah, Mac Brown is still yeah, their Mac coach, and uh, North Carolina is a five-point favorite. Huh? Yeah, man. I, I this this is the game I'm staying away from this week. I'm not putting any money anywhere on this game. Um, in our in our pick'em, I did pick North Carolina to win, but man, it's such a weird game. Um, I think the I think Vegas nailed it though. I think North Carolina wins and they win close. I, uh, here's my thing: if it comes down to one touchdown and it's within four minutes, North Carolina is going to find a way to fuck it up because that's what he does. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I agree with Trey that you stay away from this game for that exact reason. <laughs> I don't know who's going to win, but I don't. If it's within a touchdown and North Carolina has to do something about it, it's probably not going to be good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've got North Carolina winning it close as well. But, yeah, I'm staying away from betting on that one. Uh, another game I'm just staying away from because well, – It's like Mac Brown's the king of, like, let's go for two, even though one wins it. Like, why, you fucking idiot? <laughs> like, he's just the king of Madden football. <laughs> yeah, just go for it on fourth down from your own 30 for no reason. Yeah, he, yeah, man, he's a warrior. But he goes down with his ship a lot. That is true. Speaking of going down with the ship and another game I'm not touching, it's the Red River rivalry – uh, which looks really weird at this point with one of these teams just trying to pretty much save their season in game number four for them. You've got Texas and Oklahoma I, <laughs> from the Cotton Bowl there in Dallas. Uh, you've got Texas is – or no, uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, hmm. But I'm oh, picking geez. Texas to win this one. 
Shibley, I don't get to do this very often in a uh, in a rivalry game. Uh, here's what I want you to do, listeners. I want you to go to the bank, and I want you to take out a loan. Oh, boy. I want you to borrow as much money as you possibly can, sell your house, sell your kids, sell everything, and bet it all on Texas. Double down. Texas is winning this game by two touchdowns. They're still not back, but they're not as not back as Oklahoma. <laughs> So it was a fall from grace for Oklahoma. Is their quarterback that ass? I haven't really watched them a lot. They did okay, but I mean, they just have not that much around them. It seems like. So I was say, are they bad, or is it just that the first time they haven't had a Heisman candidate at QB? I think so that's they look somewhat human. Yeah, definitely I mean, both. He Spencer their defense is always going to suck. Yeah, like it's just always going to be that way. I mean, Spencer Rattler. He's a freshman. I mean, they've played okay. with established quarterbacks the last three years, and two of them won the Heisman Trophy. So, yeah. and Jalen Hurts should have won it last year. He was definitely in the conversation. Yeah, um, uh, they should have three in a row. In, that's my humble opinion. Yeah. All right. One more uh, ranked matchup here before we pick the Tennessee Georgia game. Uh, we've got Miami. Uh, at number seven, traveling to number one, Clemson. Uh, that's the primetime game on ABC. Clemson is a 14-point favorite. I mean, I'm going to pick Clemson to win, but I still think Miami keeps it within two touchdowns. Uh, I think Clemson wins by a blowout. I got Miami in that A&M territory. Prove it. Uh, hey, Shibley, is Trevor Lawrence the quarterback at Clemson? Yes. They're going to win by three touchdowns. Okay. Yeah, I, I think they're going to run away with it until Miami actually. I don't know. This is one of those games where I used to get excited because it's like Clemson's one of those teams when you're a team that's in the top five or ten you want to see lose so that you can kind of get them out of like the should they be in the playoffs or whatever discussion. And But I've learned like from just how they play against their, the people in their divisions, it, it's not going to be close. Shibley, what I'll say about Miami is what a good friend of mine says, okay? Prove it, bitch. All right. I think you guys have convinced I can me. It. I think you guys have actually swayed my opinion there. I think uh, I might go that way. Uh, we all are definitely going to pick Notre Dame over Florida State. The question is, how many points is Notre Dame going to beat Florida State by? The spread is 20 and a half. Huh. What's the over-under? The over-under is 52. Where's the game at? It's at Notre Dame. Okay, because there's a hurricane down now. So if they aren't playing it at Florida State, then they can still throw it out. Well, like they had to move, they had to move the LSU Missouri game to Missouri because of that hurricane, and they moved. This is another game in our pick'em thing that I'm gonna have to wait until the bitter end to do it because Louisiana and Coastal Carolina got moved to October 14th. That's a Wednesday. Ugh. Ugh. Because of the hurricane. Oh, dude. Literally all in unison, we're like, ooh. Wednesday. Yeah, what's the over under Shibley on the Notre Dame? Fifty two. Man, I think you almost double down and parlay it, bro. Make all that money because I think Notre Dame may score fifty two by themselves. Hmm. I mean, they did that against South Florida. I, I take. I think you double down. I think Notre Dame wins that one fifty five nothing. I'm going to take. Notre Dame, and they're going to win like in the low 40s to like maybe 11, 12. I don't know. I think Florida State has some heart left. No. 
No. <laughs> All right. Well, the game, uh, the game we're here for. <laughs> I think their hearts cracked like those crab legs. That's true. Well, the game we're here for, Tennessee, Georgia. Tennessee's coming in ranked 14th. Georgia, three, both 2-0. and Prime yeah, to our trying to move Florida ahead of us. Such blasphemy. I know. Well, you guys will get to prove them wrong. What Halloween in Jacksonville or something like that? It's uh, we always play in Tallahassee. It's like a neutral site game every year. Lord yeah, the, the game bowl in Jackson outdoor cocktail party. That's what they yeah. call it. All these resorts right around the area basically just market around it. It's a big white trash bash. Lots of fights. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, the game is, yeah, 3.30, CBS, the honey matchup of the week. Georgia right now is – Daniel still commentating? Yes, of course. Son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Georgia's a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. It started at 14, oh. come down a little bit, and the over-under is at 12-and-a-half, and the ESPN matchup predictor gives Georgia an 88% chance to win the game. Those are the same idiots that picked Florida to beat us, so I don't give a shit about what they say. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, we have we have decided on the show the ESPN index is not the they have the worst the recruiting rankings every year. That's yeah. just a fact. Like it's just it's they they do sexy picks. They're they are a news journalism type of spin company first. Yeah, completely. <laughs> All right, Shibley, Shibley, who's your pick? All right, well, I'll start. So, again, Tennessee's coming in with the longest winning streak uh, with eight games. Now, again, eight games is impressive. I but you're going to say that. Let, no, hold yeah. on. But, <laughs> but again, four of those games, you, you've beaten South Carolina twice. You've beaten Missouri twice. Indiana, Charlotte, uh, um, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. So Who fucking cares? Yeah, again, it's not the most important. the best players on their teams together, and you get a roster almost as good as Georgia's. That is true. Tennessee's got a – this offensive line, I think, is going to be key. And, again, I think Garantano is the hinge point. If he plays great or even just, again, plays well, I think Tennessee has a chance. But, again, I just think, again, Tennessee is not yet to the level that Georgia, Florida, and Alabama are. I think they're still just one step behind them. But this game is the big test. This is the true test for Tennessee to see where they're at. I've got Tennessee, again, competitive, but I've got Georgia winning the game 31-21 to in a game where Tennessee doesn't look just absolutely terrible, but they still just don't win the game. All right, Trey, you want to go next? No, you go ahead, Chase. Okay, because I know yours is going to be bold and outlandish. <laughs> I'm going to be accurate and unbiased here, at least try to be. Oh, how many fans do you really think are in the stadium instead of the 25,000 they say are going to be there? What, at Stanford it'll be, it'll be, or at, uh, at Stanford? They said there was 20,000 at the uh, – Auburn game, but it looked bigger. Almost full. I don't, I don't think if they had cardboard cutouts out there too, because you know sometimes those will fool me. But um, I don't know. I'm sure some rednecks will slip in because they know some cousins and know some people that'll let them in. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if it got to like thirty thousand. Uh, I don't agree with that. I wish they'd stay home, but it's whatever. As far as the game goes, though, uh, honestly, I think UT is about a step there. You just need a couple more recruiting cycles. That's all it really is. Maybe some good transfers. You've already got a couple. Uh, Gibbs not getting healthy kind of hurts you. It's just that 
I think you guys match up with us well in a lot of spots. It's just that we have more depth than other places you don't yet. And I think Garantano, the difference between him and our quarterback is our quarterback is a very well-trained dog that knows exactly where it needs to go and what it needs to do. And it's going to be very hard to take it off that path for four straight quarters as to where your quarterback is going to have to He's going to be in some late third situations, and he's going to have to make some throws in some very, very tight windows. And as long as Richard LeConte doesn't you know, target anybody in the first half again, it's going to be very hard to find those windows. And your quarterback has a history of panic throwing. And if he fights that, then you guys stand a chance. But I think if he throws a pick any time in the third quarter, it's going to be in the middle of or the start of what will be that normal Georgia third quarter uptick that we normally kick into. But uh, I, I think we win just because it comes down to depth and just the, we're very similar. We just have more talent. So it's just, you know, it's one of those things where you have to play a perfect game against us and we don't have to play as perfect. We just got to have to play really well. It's lazy, but it almost makes me sound like a Bama fan because you have a lot of our staff and a lot of our transfers. And so That's it's true. like, uh, so I don't, I don't want to look down. I'm just saying it's just like I'll be more scared of UT next season and the season after that for sure. This season I'm still not quite as scared yet, although I don't think it's a guaranteed win. But I picked Georgia to win. And I like just knowing how it's Kirby, uh, I think we'll win like 34 to 17, something like that. I got, well, all right. well I've, got, I've got two stats for y'all and then three words. How about that? Okay. 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 Two stats. Right. You nailed one of them, Shibley. Tennessee has the longest oh, mm-hmm. winning streak in the Power Five. That's an absolute wonderful stat. We already right? ripped that stat apart, but cited again. The other stat <laughs> is that Tennessee has the longest active losing streak against top ten opponents. Fantastic stat. I think it's like twenty-two something in a row. It's not good. <laughs> Not great. It's not what you want. But I have three words for anyone that listens to this. Boy. And it is Tennessee Valley Authority. (laughs) We have the best offensive (laughs) line in the country. Have you seen Jordan Davis, you fool? (laughs) I don't care who you have. 99 will eat. You're an idiot. He's going to eat two of your five. He's going to eat 10 stars every time. He's going to eat 10 stars and make them useless every time. Shibley loves the balls, but we've been talking about Jordan Davis. He knows what I'm saying here. Yeah. My Chandler runs like the future Heisman candidate that he is. <laughs> Not tight. And Eric Gray is going. I was going to say he's the I better think, one. I think we're going to run for 300 plus yards. Yeah. <laughs> Tennessee, 28-21. Well, all right then. What the fuck does your mind even do? (laughs) 300 yards? Even Alabama didn't get over 120 on us. The fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) We're running for 300 plus. Tennessee, but we have the best line in the country. We have the best... I would debate our line against yours. I would. I would. Ta- I would debate our line against yours, and I would take my defensive line over yours. I don't think so. Every day, and I would take my corners and my safeties a million times over every other team. Well, I think it's twenty-eight, twenty-one. We're gonna take it all, boys. <laughs> oh yeah. 
Take uh, it to the bank. Well, we will. Uh, you we'll, know what, Trey? You know what, Trey? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fucking going to watch Georgia win, and then I'm going to go enjoy a steak at a fine establishment. You know what that establishment is, Trey? Ruby Tuesdays. Ruby Tuesday. <laughs> oh dear, we're gonna get Tater. We need to stop before Tater Jim comes into this podcast because I have about- arrived. I've been saying <laughs> Memphis will win this Saturday, as they always do. Memphis play. Memphis will take the crown, king of Tennessee football. Memphis. Well, they did lose to SMU last week, but that's bullshit, okay. blasphemy, not true. SMU. Memphis undefeated. They haven't lost in about three hundred years. I got to get out of here before uh, I get pile driven by Tater Jim. But uh, anyway, guys, thanks for coming on. Uh, Trey, where can they? Everybody catch you on the socials. Uh, on the socials, you can find me uh, uh, on Twitter at Trey Pack. Instagram is at Trey Pack One, and find me on Facebook. And you can see where I'm on stage telling the ups. And of course, you can hear both myself and Trey, as long as my wife, Mrs. Shibbles, and a gaggle of other people on the Sagas and Shenanigans podcast, where we play Dungeons and Dragons. We got to get Chase on there at some point in a guest. Yeah, spot. never D and D, but I'll have fun with it. I got oh, I want, too. I want Jim in in in. Uh, yeah, I would be Jim playing lot. himself in whatever verses. It's in. Yeah. It's just Jim. All right. We can talk about that later. Yeah. Later. But you can find me. I just started Wild with a Y. I think that's the show title we'll go with. Patty was in town depressed and decided to record a pilot to cheer him up, and it was funny. Uh, you can find me on Twitch at Dagum Basket Chase, D A G G U M Basket Chase. It's all one word. Uh, Sam, he's Ty Curious, the strange on Twitch. He just uploaded. The past couple of nights of Among Us playthroughs, which had like me and Shibley and Jay and Zach Rock and uh, Aaron Chastine. It was it was really funny. It was really cool. Oh, you check that out. And uh, yeah, no, there's a lot more coming. I'm going to have a whole Basket Chase brand with the YouTube and all sorts of stuff. It's in the works. But Love. Wild Why for now, we just got approved by iTunes today. We're on literally every platform from Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. Like five other ones I've never heard of that I just woke up and had RSS feeds to. And now officially on iTunes. So everywhere you can find it. Wild with a Y. So that wild is spelt with a Y. Uh, you can find it. Yeah, I just found it. I am subscribed to it. So we are good to go there. Yeah, I had to make that title in like uh, 10 seconds on paint. It took me like five minutes, the little image there, because it needed one. And the logo I'm waiting has not come back yet. So... All it right. looks crude, but I made it in paint in I, I 10 minutes, so just work with me. Well, I love it. And, guys, thanks again for doing this. We'll, thanks uh, for having me. This was fun. Was all, and, again, uh, also listen to, you know, like AF, or BRB AFK with Boston and, and uh, Ryan Shipley and the gang doing that one. You've also got uh, – Geeks Inherited the Earth. Geeks like, Inherited the Earth. He plays with us on Among Us. He's on one of the streams on yeah. uh, Ty Curious's Twitch and Mike D, we do uh, great stuff with him on Sagas and Shenanigans. With Check Kobe. out that Chris Bale with his uh, Pedal Java Coffee reviews. And he also oh. is on Among Us with us sometimes. Yeah, we got to get Chris Bell on this show at some point, do some spooky sports stuff. But uh, anyway, thanks, guys. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter, Michael underscore Shibley. Uh, of course, look up the Man in the Arena podcast on all the socials. Just give us a like and follow. Five-star reviews, please, on all these podcasts. Five-star yeah. reviews, we will love you forever. If you do that, but uh, guys, say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Adios. Too sweet. Love you guys. See y'all See at the salad bar. <laughs> Adios. Bye.